0: Turn to 1 Samuel. Um, you guys are in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a great series right now on the life of David. And uh, I'll just be honest David's one of my favorite Bible characters. Um, you know, he was Israel's king, Israel's greatest king. Even to this day, they, they look at him as, as their greatest king. Um, he wrote many of my favorite passages in the Bible. I mean, there, some of the things he wrote in the Bible inspired by God are like my go to passages when I, when I need something or I need help or struggle or whatever. And, and um, God actually called him, and you, you heard Christian talk about this, God called him a man after his own heart. However, I, the reason why he's one of my favorite characters is his life is so relatable. His, his story is very unique. I mean, most of the things he went through, we're not, most of us are not going to deal with anything he went through, but, but a lot of it. But every one of us in this room can relate to, on some level to his life and to some of the struggles that he went through. I mean, here's a guy that just took his life, I mean, God just took his life and just laid it out in front of us and just said, here, we wanna show you this guy's life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I mean, he openly dealt with sin. He dealt with emotional challenges. He, he dealt with relational issues. He had problems with his kids. He, he had moments where he felt that, that God had completely abandoned him and he didn't know where to turn. And, and he shares all of this with us in the Bible. But there is this one moment in David's life that, that I really believe is his defining moment. It's probably the moment that he's best known for. And if you, you know him or the, about him, you know that there is a story in the Bible where a guy faced a giant by the name of Goliath. I mean, even if you, grew up in church, if you grew up in church, you know the story. And even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably know there was, okay, there's a story somewhere in the Bible where this young guy faced this big dude and the big dude lost. I mean, you know that there's a story like that. But what I love about this story so much is that all of us in this room have either faced, or I promise you, you will face, a Goliath in your life at some point. Matter of fact, um, we're going to face several of them, and you probably have already faced many of them. And we're going to all face situations in our life that are going to stare us in the face, they're going to actually taunt us, they're going to laugh at us and just say and challenge us, take me on take me on. I'm bigger than you are. Now, what exactly is a Goliath? Well, I'm going to define it this way. A Goliath is a problem that is bigger than you are. It's a situation that just seems impossible to defeat. It's a dilemma that, that is more than you can handle in your own strength and power. A Goliath also is one of those things that just laughs at you. It, it, it defies your power to defeat it A Goliath looks at you and says, you know what, you can't conquer me, not even on your best day. A Goliath is a situation that just taunts you, laughs in your face, and just says, you know what, you're you're just way too weak to ever take on the likes of someone like me. But a Goliath is also something that has a way of forcing you to rely on God. It's one of those things that truly drives you to your knees. A Goliath is a situation that is so big and so audacious that you are forced to look to someone that is bigger than your situation. You're forced to look to someone who has more power than your enemy. And your decision, your decision on how you face the Goliaths of your life will ultimately determine the direction of your life. It's also going to determine the kind of person that you're becoming, and I actually really believe that it's gonna determine how much impact you're going to make in this life. Because when it comes to facing your Goliaths, we really have two choices. We can either allow our Goliaths to cause us to be buried in fear and to just really live a paralyzed life. And, I, and I've met a lot of people over the years that just, they're just trapped in fear. They're just, when it comes to their Goliaths or even just life, they're just paralyzed. Or we can face our Goliaths with a boldness and confidence that only comes from a complete dependence on Jesus Christ. We can face our Goliaths knowing that God wants to develop inside each of us a boldness to tackle our fears and to tackle our worries and the difficult situations of life. We can can face our Goliaths knowing and trusting what the Apostle Paul actually said to his mentee, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where he said, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, which means fear, but instead a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and of self-discipline. Some of your versions may say of, of a sound mind. In other words, that means that God is not the author of our fear. But he does allow fearful things. He allows the Goliaths of our lives to come into our lives because he is at work developing inside of each and every one of us a bold heart. He's at work inside of our lives so that you can accomplish the purposes and the mission that he created for you to live out on this earth. That's why I believe this, this story is not just some fun story that we've been telling our kids since they were little or you know, some book that we read the cartoon you know, uh, story about. It, it is a story that is not only crucial to the life of David, but it's, it's crucial to our lives as well. God used this real life story to, 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 uh, with the giant a showdown with a giant, to develop a heart of boldness inside David, to pre- not only prepare him to lead the nation of Israel, but also to prepare him for so much of even what you're going to be learning in this church over the next several weeks. Well, how, how did God develop a bold heart in David, and how does he want to do that in your life this morning? Well, in 1 cha- uh, Samuel chapter 17, it kind of lays it out for us. We're going to kind of walk through the story. So how do you develop a bold heart? Well, first Samuel 17 we know that the nation of Israel has faced, a, they're faced with a tremendous challenge. Now, their challenge wasn't a plague or a famine, or it wasn't, it wasn't the wrath of God, which they had faced many times in the past. It wasn't even, really, to be honest with you, the, the Philistine army, this ruthless army of men that was, that was staring them in the face. Their challenge came in the form of a man. And in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, we're introduced to this guy, Goliath, and the Bible says that he stood over nine feet tall. Verse five tells us, He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was clothed with scale armor, which had 5,000 shekels of bronze, which was like 175 to 200 pounds. He also had bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked before him. So the head of Goliath's spear would have weighed about 25 pounds. Think about that for a moment. On his legs, he wore these things called greaves. They were, they, they, they were leggings to protect his legs. Now, when you're thinking of leggings, don't think of Zumba or aerobics. I mean, this is not that kind of guy. And so this is not an easy foe to come up against. This guy's undefeated. But for 40 days, this guy, the Bible tells us, he is walking outside of his tent. And I just picture this guy walking outside, stretching his arms, you know, all arrogant and haughty, stretching his arms, going back, you know. And he is... Every single day, taunting the Israelites, challenging them to come out and face him, striking fear inside their hearts, messing with them, just constantly talking trash to them. Now, the obvious guy to face Goliath was the king of Israel, King Saul. But the Bible, and the Bible tells us, King Saul actually stood head and shoulders above the rest of the Israelites. He was a big guy as well, but Saul wanted nothing to do with Goliath. There was no way Saul was going to fight this giant. So he decides to offer this great compensation package to any soldier in Israel, any man in Israel who would actually fight him. And he says this, he says, listen, to any soldier in Israel, I'll give you great wealth. I'll give you a tax exempt status for the rest of your life. And I'll let you marry my daughter. Now we we find out very quickly that not one soldier, not one man in the entire nation takes the challenge. Well, why? Well, you could speculate, if you wanted to, that maybe Saul's daughter wasn't, maybe she wasn't really a looker, you know. She, maybe she wasn't the kind of girl you want to bring home to mama. Um, not the kind of girl you want to risk your life for. We're not quite sure what's going on here. But while this is going on, about 10 to 15 miles away, all right, in a little village is, is a young man by the name of David. And the Bible tells us, as you know, he's a shepherd. One day his father Jesse comes to him And he says, listen, you have three brothers who are out in the field, they're on the battlefront, and I want you to take some food to them, and I want you to give it to your brothers and their commanding officers. And in verse 20, it says, so the next morning, David takes off to meet his brothers in the valley of Elah. Now, I know that many of you here have actually been to Israel before with with Christian and Danielle. And um, so you have a point of reference of what the valley of Elah looks like, and it's amazing I don't know how, but you can still find a few rocks in the Valley of Elah. People have been going there for years and just taking rocks everywhere from the valley. Now, if we, were, if, if we were actually watching a made-for-TV movie about this event that we're talking about, this would be one of those moments where TV, a TV network would just take a commercial break because the, this is the place in the story where things really begin to heat up, things really begin to get really interesting, and you can tell that something really epic is about to happen. And since we're talking about Developing a bold heart this morning, I just want to take a little moment like that, a little commercial moment, where David is. David's walking to the Valley of Elah, because I want to make. I want to. I think I want to make an important point about David in this story, and this is just a little side note. All right, it takes time to develop a bold heart. I know that we'd like to think that when we face our Goliath moment, that we're going to have the boldness, we're going to have the heart, we're going to have the strength to, to just right out of the blue face it. But it's just not going to be the case. As a matter of fact, that if you wait until you're actually staring your Goliath in the face and to try to get bold, chances are you're not going to do very well. Boldness is something that has to be developed over time. All right. Now, remember, in, we're in this little commercial break. David's walking to the, the valley of Elah. So, how do you? develop a bold heart. Well the very first thing is you develop a bold heart in the in the everyday challenges of life. For for years David was a shepherd. All those years he, he was out, you know, guarding sheep. And while that was going on, God was developing inside of him a bold heart, a, a heart of boldness. And, and in verse 34, uh, we see that David is actually standing in front of King Saul and he's trying to convince Saul, listen, I'm ready to fight Goliath. I'm I'm the guy that's going to do this. And in verse 34 he says, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his head, or by his beard actually, and struck him and killed him. All right, grab the head and then the beard. All right, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will also deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Now, most of the time when you hear this story, there's really nothing mentioned about David's earlier conquest with you know, a lion and a bear. But I think there's something to be said about this, and I think it's something that we need to point out here this morning. Because in verse 37, as David is talking to Saul, I want you to notice something. He doesn't say, listen, I learned in my own power. I learned in my own strength how to defeat lions and bears. Instead, what he actually says is, I learned that God, who actually was the one that delivered me from the lion and the bear, he will also deliver me in this challenge as well. David says, I learned that. I experienced that. You see, you you can read that God is faithful over and over and over, book after book after book. You can have someone like me come in here and even like Christian can stand up here week after week after week and talk about God's faithfulness. But it will never truly become reality to your life until it's put to the test in your life. I heard Charles Stanley say one time that, that you really don't know the strength of your faith until it's truly put to the test. And there are little lions and bears that were, they, come up, they come upon you and your little flock of sheep all day long. And every time it happens, you have this decision to make. You're either going to run and hide or not deal with it or either hope it goes away or with God's help and in his strength, you're going to face that bear. You're going to take that lion on. See, because every time you choose to face the Goliaths of your life instead of run, run from them, you get a little bolder. Your heart, your heart gets a little bold, more, more bold. Your faith gets a little stronger. And maybe for some of you this morning, maybe you're facing a parenting issue. It's a challenge. I mean, it's just eating your lunch right now. And you, you, when you think about it, you just think about the time and the energy and the, I mean, what, what you're gonna have to do to, 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 to try to fix this situation. And there, there's a part of you that doesn't wanna deal with it. There's a part of you that just honestly would like to just run away and ignore it. But with God's help, you need to say today, I'm tackling this issue. Maybe for some of you it's a work situation. Every time you go into work, there is a there it's like a bear that's in that building. It's a situation, it's a person or whatever, and, and and you can run for it from it, or you can just say, God, with your help, I'm I'm going after that bear. I'm gonna I'm going to take that on this week. See, so it was in the everyday moments of life when nobody was watching, when David was out in the pasture, that God was. Working in his life. David was making tough choices to trust God. See, because if he would have waited, if he would have waited until he faced Goliath, he may have run just like everyone else was doing. But he didn't do that. He took on the everyday challenges. He took on, when the lions and the bears of life came through, I mean, and these were legit things, I mean, he took them on and he realized God was faithful. And that's the very first way to develop a heart, a bold heart. In, in God's power, you've got to face the challenges of everyday life. If you, if you run, you will lose heart. But if you face them, God will continue to make you bolder and bolder and bolder. Now, let's, let's come back into the story here, move away from our commercial break. Number two, you develop a bold heart in the face of criticism and opposition. Verse 26, David comes onto the battlefield and he sees Goliath there. And he asks those who are standing around, he says, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in accord with this word saying, thus it will be done for the man who kills him. And they begin to explain what will be given to the guy who actually takes on Goliath. Verse 28, now Eliab His oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger burned against David. And here's what he says to him. Why have you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I mean, you left your sheep in the field there, David. What are you doing here? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you have come down here in order to see the battle. Now, Eliab, David's older brother, has taken some pretty cheap shots at him. Remember, David has been sent by his father, Jesse, to bring food to his brothers, to encourage him. He didn't come on his own. And so you're going, why is Eliab treating David so poorly? Well, I believe for Eliab and the other brothers that were involved here, Goliath dominated their world. He dominated their mind. They actually suffered from a Goliath complex. Every day that Goliath came out of his tent and offered a challenge, and every day that Eliab and the other brothers heard it, they just shrank back in fear. Every day that they didn't respond, Eliab felt more and more like a coward than he did the day before. Every day, it was like he just died a little bit more inside. Eliab didn't mind. I mean, as long as, you know, here's David. He comes in. But as long as David wasn't there, Eliab didn't quite mind being with his other brothers because they were doing the exact same thing he was doing. They were in the same boat. But when young David comes on the scene, it made him feel like a coward, Here's big brother, I mean, shrinking back in fear in, in front of the little brother. And it, what it did, it, it exposed the coward inside of him. Little David walks into camp and he declares, I mean, who's the big ugly guy that, that, that dares to defy God's army? I mean, who is this guy? And I believe Eliab felt the shame. And sometimes fear can cause people to get angry. And fear at this point caused him to get angry with, with David. Fear and, and fear has that way of doing that to us. Because if we shrink back, before our Goliath, whatever that may be, long enough, if you cover, if you cower before a Goliath long enough, it it will eventually eat away your courage and your self-respect. And once it's exposed or someone else comes along with boldness, with confidence, then it just makes you feel terrible inside. And all of a sudden, your fear it can lash out and can turn into anger. It can turn into resentment. It, can, it just eats away at your soul. And here's Goliath. I mean, he's just killing Eliab and the other brothers just one day at a time, and he, lasts, he lashes out unjustly at David. Now, I want you to see how David responds. Look at verse 29. But David said, what, what have I done now? Why are you upset with me? Was, this, was it not just a question? And then he turned away from him to another, and he said, the same thing, and the people answered the same thing as before, describing what, what was going on with this Goliath situation. Now listen, David could have gotten derailed by his big brother's criticism at this moment, but he doesn't do that. He doesn't argue with the lie, he just turns to someone else to get his information. He doesn't allow himself to get sidetracked. He doesn't allow unfair criticism to have power over him. And because of that, he grew a little bolder. Now here's a question for all of us. How do you handle criticism? How do you handle opposition? I think criticism and opposition fall into two categories. Either it's accurate or or it's inaccurate. If If it's inaccurate, here's what you do. You blow it off and you move on. But if it's accurate, what you do is you learn from it. You learn from it, you adjust, you fix the problem, and you move on with your life, but you don't allow it to cause you to lose heart. I mean, how many people have you known in your life that get ready to tackle They're big Goliath in life. And they get ready to really move forward in life. And and all of a sudden they get sidetracked and derailed by fear. People are always gonna be threatened by boldness. They're always gonna be threatened by, by someone who has a lot of confidence in God. Why? Because it exposes their weaknesses and their insecurities, When you face opposition, here's what, you can lose heart, you can give up, you can walk away from it, you can spend the rest of your life wondering what could have happened, what might have happened, had you actually faced your Goliath, had you actually taken on your Goliath, or you can blow off your criticism and you can face your Goliath head on. The third thing, you develop a bold heart when you resist the pressure to conform. Now Saul hears about what's going on with David being out on the battlefield and he has David brought in front of him. And in verse 32, David says to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Come on, Saul, you're the king. Let no man in Israel, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant, I'll go out and fight this Philistine. Verse 33, Saul says to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth while he has been a warrior from his youth. Now this is a key moment in this story. Because here's David standing before King Saul, the most powerful man in the land. And the king has just told him, you're too young, you're not experienced enough to go out and fight Goliath. He's he's too big, he's too much for you. Now what was going on here? Saul was scared to death. And he's pressuring David to conform to his fear. But David convinces him, "Let let me fight Goliath. Well, verse 38 gets a little bit humorous. Saul dresses David in his own coat of armor. He puts on his actual, he puts on his bronze helmet on his head. He throws his sword over his tunic and David then begins to walk around with like this huge armor on. I mean, like a little kid with this grown man's stuff on. And, he, and David's like, I can't go in these. I can't go out and fight this giant and this stuff. I'm not used to this stuff. I'm, I'm more used to uh, just a sling a slingshot and, and some stones. I mean, Saul's jacket's like a 52 long. David's like a 36 short. I mean, that's, That's what's going on here. More pressure to conform. Be like me. You really want to go ahead in life? Be like me. But David does the bold thing. Remember, Saul is the king, David is a shepherd. David is a kid, Saul has been a warrior. David is a shepherd boy, he's never been on the battlefield. And it would have been so easy for David at this moment to conform and to walk out of Saul's presence with all of this gigantic battle gear on, trying to be like Saul. But David knew a couple very important things. He knew himself. He knew his enemy. But more than anything else, he knew his God. He knew his God. He knew that when he went out to face Goliath, it would be just him, Goliath, and God. Saul wasn't going to be there. His brothers certainly weren't going to be there. His dad, David or Jesse, wasn't going to be out on the battlefield with him. It was just going to be him, Goliath, and God. And that gave David all the confidence he needed. So you develop a bold heart when you resist the pressure to conform. But you also develop a bold heart in the great crisis moments of life. And this is where we get into the battle. David is standing before Goliath. And in verse 41 it says, then the Philistines came on The Philistine came on and approached David with a shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you have come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine also said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Now, what's going on here? Goliath is trash-talking David. He is basically talking some smack to him. David has never been on a battlefield. And here he is standing, staring at a nine-foot-plus man by the name of Goliath. And I want you to look at David's response, verse 45. David says, you come to me with a sword. You come to me with a spear, a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down. I will remove your head from you. I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the air, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands." Now, you can, can you imagine what Goliath must have been thinking at this moment? Who does this little, red-faced, inexperienced, no armor-wearing, no sword-carrying, no spear-throwing, no knife-wielding, nothing but smack-talking about some God-of-Israel kid think he is at this moment? One stone, and it was over. Bam. Right between the eyes, Goliath had no idea what hit him. And then David just just does something that just even makes the story better. We move from PG to (laughs) PG-13. David takes Goliath's huge sword and chops his head off. Now, we don't know what happens uh, beyond that. Probably good, but battle's over. Goliath is down, defeated. Now, I don't know what your Goliath is this morning, But I will tell you this, we all have them. We all face them. Maybe it's a failure in your life that you just cannot let go. It just keeps staring you in the face. Maybe it's a a parent that has told you all of your life. Maybe they're not even here any longer, but but you just remember their words. They just keep ringing in your mind. You know, it's just you are worthless. You're never going to be anything. You're never going to amount to anything. Maybe it's a risk that you've just been afraid to take. You know God is in it with you, but you're just afraid to take it. Maybe it's an illness that you, that's staring you in the face. Maybe it's, it's opposition. Maybe it is criticism. And I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what your Goliath is, but I do know this. If you allow and continue to let your Goliath intimidate you, if you let it continue to convince you that you are hopeless and helpless, you will run away from it every single day, just like these Israelites did. And when that happens, you will die a little bit inside every single day you'll begin to lose heart. And I want to tell you something. Life is way too precious for that. God has a, his plan for your life is way too big for that. Your battle is too important for you to allow yourself to go down that road. See, listen, I know that if you'll face your Goliath with one small stone, with one just moment of confidence in God, your Goliath doesn't stand a chance. Because one small stone combined with the power of God, is more powerful and stronger than anything you're going to face in this world, any Goliath that you're going to face tomorrow. So what is this story really all about? What's it really all about? Well, I want you to look at verse 45 again. David says, you come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin. He's talking to Goliath. He says, but I I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Verse 47, he says, and everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It's his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. This story is not about a young guy's raw courage. It's it's not about someone's ability to sling a stone or even somebody's ability to take a risk. This is a story about the faithfulness of God. The story of your life is not about you becoming bolder It's not about you learning to take more risks or even learning how to use a slingshot. The story of your life is about God. It's about his power in your life. It's about the power that he wants to unleash in your life. It's about the power he wants to unleash in your life in the midst of your battles. I want you, everyone, I want you to take out your stone for a moment. I'm thankful to Christian. He pulled this off last, last minute for me. I wish I could tell you that your stones are from Israel, but they're not. I think they're from Lowe's. Um, this stone that I'm holding is actually from the Valley of Elah I know Christian has some of these Um, I put this I put this stone next to the computer in my office it's right next to my computer because I face my Goliaths I face them in in the midst of what I'm doing I pastor a church and and, uh, as Christian told you I lead a church planning organization and there's moments I'm just telling you that I deal with fear I deal with opposition, I deal with criticism. I have these little lions and bears. My wife and I, we've dealt with more kid issues than we care to admit. We have relational issues we deal with just like you do. And there are moments, quite honestly, I want to run. There's moments that I want to shrink back in fear. There's moments where I, I, I feel like, you know, I'm just kind of losing heart. And I will look at that rock. And I will, it will remind me It will remind me. What does it take to defeat a Goliath? One small, smooth stone. Because what does this stone actually represent? It represents a bold confidence in God. It's just a rock. But it represents a bold confidence in God. And I want you to know that God is still in the business of delivering bold-hearted Davids from giant Goliaths. And I don't know what your Goliath is this morning, but I promise you, if you haven't had one, you will have one. But I also want you to know he's not bigger than your God. He's not big, not even on his best day. So I want to challenge you to commit yourself this week to live with a bold confidence in God. You know, one of the things that I just continue to learn is that, you know, there was a moment in one day of my life where I was desperate for a Savior. It was a moment I came to Christ. But I've also learned that every single day I have to be desperate for a Savior. The gospel is part of my life every single day. But I do want to challenge you just in a very practical way. Take the stone with you. And, and I want you to carry it with you. And I, and I want you to put it somewhere, just somewhere where you need it. And let it be a reminder to you that whatever, whatever your battle is, the battle actually belongs to the Lord. Because there's nothing that you're facing that first hasn't come through his hands. He's allowing the Goliaths to come into your life. And so the battle is His. And yet he's already made you victorious. The Bible says you're actually more than a conqueror. Because one small stone and the power of God is quite enough to handle any Goliath that's going to come your way. Whether it's today, tomorrow, or any time in your life. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, I actually thank you for the Goliaths that I have faced in my life. Because with each moment, that I allowed you to carry me through those. With each moment that I tackled those in your power, and each moment that you showed me your strength, you were developing inside of me a heart of boldness. Not to depend more on myself, not to depend more on my strength or power, but to realize, Lord, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, because of the death of Jesus and what he's done for me on the cross and the resurrection, there's nothing that can happen in this life that I... I, I can't handle because you're with me because you're, you're empowering me you're, you're, you're living your life through me and I pray for every person in this gymnasium this morning whatever Goliath they may come upon may this stone that's in their hand, may this remind them that our confidence doesn't come in the things of this world and the things of this earth, our confidence comes from you we can depend on you every day